my friends, this is Andy and Hedy coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California for the Living Fearless Devotional. You're going to have to take your face off the screen because the, uh, the, the perfecting oh, has on. now done your face. There, yeah, I come back <laughs> I'm back. There you are. We have this touch up your face feature now on StreamYard and it looks like you can only do one face at a time. So <laughs> I like it focused on me. Uh, welcome to resurrectministry.com where we harness the power of the internet to share the gospel to every corner of the earth. We have Bible resources, books to read, articles to read, podcasts to listen to. Uh, you could drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. If you care to partner with us, you can click the donate now button. And with this video or this podcast, whatever format you're watching on, please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Pushing out the content helps us on social media. Uh, and it's a great blessing for us. So we truly appreciate all your efforts. And thank you for listening. And thank you for being part of our online church family. Yes. Did I tell you we got another email from somebody? No. Who was one of your dog training uh, clients? Really? And she said, I love listening to you guys. Really? Yeah. What did she say about my dog training? That's. She asked if you were still training dogs. Oh. And I said, no, not directly, but. Um, kind of. Thank you. I said, I, I told her about that. Yeah. I sent her to that. Somewhat. <laughs> wow. I wonder who it was. I'll, I'll I can forward it to you. Hmm. I run into people every so often around town that I, I recognize. Actually, quite often. And they go, uh, hey, you. Dog guy. It was when I know. Are you still doing the dog stuff? All right. We're reading from, oh, let's actually, we have a lot of comments really quick here. We have Cindy, of course. Cindy, <laughs> those bugs were really creepy looking. What? What bugs? She, uh, it wasn't that Pastor Jack who said, anytime you want to move to those like Midwest places, he's like, have you seen the bugs in those places? <laughs> yeah, you'll be right back. Just telling you. But those bugs, Cindy. <laughs> Carrie News is on. Hi, Lisa. We have hi, Lisa Carrie. Wood. Nice to see you. And Cindy says hi to Lisa and Carrie. Well, I love our family yes. of, of folks here. All right. We're reading from Charles Spurgeon, uh, morning by morning for just a couple more days as we are. Working out the details. We had a. I couldn't decide. <laughs> There's three different Come devotions on. by A.W. Tozer. Um, maybe you ladies would be willing to inspect them and cast a vote. Do you know the titles? Do you remember the titles? I do. What are they? Uh, one's the 365 Daily Devotional. Mm -hmm. The other one is something about drawing close to Jesus, getting to know Jesus better. So it's a devotional about Jesus. He does three devotional about God. Uh, drawing closer to God, drawing closer to Jesus, drawing closer to the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to do the Jesus one. I'm on a, like this, that's um, my song of my heart right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, the third one was the devotional for a Christian leadership. Mm. And it wasn't just about like, you're going to go into ministry. It was about just how do you be a leader in, in the family of Christ? That one has my vote. I know. Yeah. I like that one. And so I know that that's where, that's where we would lean. All right. So uh, put your comments. And if you're watching on the replay, you can put your comments. Yes, we please. will see it. We will so and it's, we'll it's, pay attention. It's not just the people I named. Um, so we're in Charles Spurgeon. So for morning by morning, um, July 19th. Sorry. So what? one thing real quick. It's just <laughs> you can go on Amazon, look up these three devotionals. And they can send a sample to a Kindle browser thing for you. So you don't have to buy anything. You Kindle. just have to do the Kindle sample pages, read a couple pages and see if anything jumps out at you. The Kindle app. Yeah, but you don't have to. You can do Kindle in a browser. Oh, really? Yeah. 
All right. Just in case they don't have the Kindle app. Good. All right. We see comments coming in, but we'll get to those after the devotional. Um, July 19th. Uh, Deuteronomy. Wow. I cannot. Deuteronomy. <laughs> Can I just say dude? You have to do, you have to do the Deuteronomy. <laughs> uh, dude, 524. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. There oh. you go. Orale. Uh, 524 says, the Lord our God has shown us his glory. From the pen of Charles Spurgeon. Really? Not he writes, but okay. God's, <laughs> God's great purpose in each of his works is the manifestation of his own glory. And any goal less than this would have been unworthy of him. But how is the glory of God to be manifested in such fallen creatures as we are? Man's eyes are not single focused, for we continually have a view toward our glory and too high on an estimate of our own power. Thus, we are not qualified to behold the glory of the Lord. Therefore, it is obvious we must step out of the way to make room for God to be exalted. This is the very reason he often brings his people into difficulties and trials, which he uh, then uses to make them conscious of their own foolishness and weakness, so they may be able to behold the majesty of God when he comes to deliver them. Someone whose life is nothing but a smooth and easy path will see very little of the glory of the Lord, for he will have few opportunities for self-emptying as a result, and as a result <laughs> will be unfit for being filled with the revelation of God. They who only navigate narrow streams and shallow creeks know little of the God of storms. But they who but they that they who are merchants on the mighty waters see the wonderful deeds in the deep. Among the huge Atlantic waves of bereavement, poverty, temptation, and reproach, we learn the power of Jehovah, because we sense the smallness of mankind. Therefore, thank God if your road has been rough, for this is what has given you the experience of God's greatness and loving kindness. Your troubles have enriched you with a wealth of knowledge, not gained in any other way. For your trials have been the cleft in the rock, where Jehovah has put you, just as he did with his servant Moses, that you too might behold his glory as it passes by. Praise God that you have not been left in the darkness and ignorance that continuing prosperity may have brought you. Instead, through the great furnace of affliction, you have been given the capacity to behold the shining of his glory in his wonderful dealings with you. What do you got? What are you getting? <laughs> Sorry. I, I had a weird um, momentary brain lapse there. Oh, really? uh, yeah, I just started thinking of all these strange things and. I'm still kind of stuck on my divine appointment from today. So hmm. that's kind of stuck in my head, but um, bring it back into focus. I, I also keep thinking uh, when they talk so much about the affliction and how it is the suffering that um, the refinement through which God demonstrates his glory in us by refining us by fire, basically, I wonder to myself, I wonder if there's a way of, 
incorporating that into the witnessing strategy. Like it's it's funny to me that that when people are witness a, witnessing or evangelizing about Christ, it's always uh, rainbows and unicorns. Mm. You know, I'm like, oh, it's so great. I love it. Jesus is awesome. And it never talks about how difficult the road is, you know, but there's, but there's very little way of which you could express that in words, like what that means, what that's like, what that, um, I don't know. I just, I just find it funny that the whole, the evangelical, the ev evangelist approach to Christianity is nothing like the walk of Christianity. Mm. Really? I don't know. Do you think, it's a, I, you, please argue your point. I am more than, <laughs> I am more than open to hear it. Well, are you talking about when you're sharing with other people? Yes. Like your average, you know, moment of evangelizing on the street or with a new stranger or whatever it may be. You're never like come to Jesus and get refined by fire. Like literally you will feel like your insides oh, I see are what on you're fire. Saying. I gotcha. I guess I was solely thinking about the point that where I came to ask for, you know, Jesus to just forgive me. I mean, I, I, that was, I was beaten down pretty good at that point. Yeah, but somebody didn't tell you, come to Jesus and get beat. <laughs> that happened to you by walking with Jesus for 20 years. <laughs> I'm saying uh, on day one mm. that you're trying to witness to somebody to come to Christ. Could you imagine a scenario where they would mention the sufferings? Yeah. As part of the package. Well, I've been listening to a lot of interviews uh, with uh, Tim Ballard. Is it oh, Tim okay, Ballard? Yeah. I don't know why Tim sounds funny. It is Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard. Uh, he's a gentleman that the movie uh, Sound of Freedom uh, is about. Yes. Uh, in his work with Satan. So it's not children. wacky like they accuse him like that? No. Like in okay. No. I, I even heard him before, that, I, but it's just obviously there's a lot more interviews and a lot more opportunity. Uh, today, uh, they're in... Um, Metzter with uh, President Trump. They're oh, right. re, you know, watching the movie there. And um, Steve Bannon was interviewing him and his wife was with him. And um, his, I don't know, it's not his come to Jesus moment necessarily, but he, he was, he was, you know, a, a, he was seemingly a faithful Christian as a CIA agent and then FBI, he worked for the CIA, then the FBI and, or no, the, uh, then um, Department of Homeland Security. Oh. Yeah, during 9-11, he was very active with, uh, uh, CIA? with the CIA during the events of 9-11. And then and he then transferred? To, DO, to uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security, yes. Border Patrol. Yes. Um, and so it was that, that moment that we see in the movie where he was, uh, you know, not necessarily challenged, but somebody asked him, say, we, I see you capturing the bad guys. I see, you, I see you grabbing them, but who's taking care of the kids? Who's saving the kids? The kids never get saved. You get, you're putting bad guys in jail, but the kids are still being trafficked. Um, and that's when he goes, wait a minute, maybe, 
maybe maybe I'm the guy. Maybe I have to be that person. And his wife was on today and they were talking about that moment uh, that he contacted her and says, you know what? I think I got to quit my job. And the point I'm getting to is that as a sex crimes detective in and witnessing and then having to question the children involved in these cases, as I did for four and five years old of sexual molestation, that kind of stuff. I know that feeling of where you're just brought down to this place where it can't get any tougher to deal with mentally and to like, how, you know, why am I even on this planet? Is there a God You begin questioning God, that kind of stuff. But you know what I thought really is interesting is that during, I questioned God during it all. He did not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, and I think that that's what, I mean, when you read this devotional about how bad things can get, how, how you have to be taken down to your smallest bit of, uh, you know, nerve, uh, like you just think, you know, there's no point in this life. Um, I'm so happy that there's guys like him who said, you know what, there's things, there's things more than impor- more important right now. And that is saving these kids. And he called his wife and his wife said, you have to save these kids. Oh, you know, yeah, God, so he goes, she said something like, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to sacrifice my salvation if I don't let you do this. If I don't say, go do it. So oh. she said something like, I'm not going to allow you to sacrifice my salvation. <laughs> oh. And he was only weeks away from retiring with full benefits. That was crazy. And he quit. That was nuts. So I, I, I look at men, I mean, men like that, that are alive today that make these hard choices in either you can take the easy road and say, you know what, I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. Or I, you know, and I, again, I look at my life, I, I had to quit. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't deal with sex crimes. I had to quit. I told my sergeant after my last interview, I said, I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. Right. Um, didn't mean that I stopped being a police officer. I still went out there and made some arrests and arrested some child molesters after that. But um, I really, I really look up to him for doing that. I think he's somebody that, you know, people can look up to in the Christian faith is somebody who was brought to a position of either making a choice to save self, to save self and not be involved because he had a partner who did the same thing I did. <laughs> he quit. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, he's somebody that you can look at and say, you know, that guy was challenged. He was put in a position who actually so he's shared uh, watching uh, some videos of a three year old actually being, uh, you know, yeah, molested. Um, and it, it broke him down today. He suffers from PTSD, uh, but he, he had difficulty even just saying that he had watched this video. And he said, I've watched thousands of hours of video, but it, it, it doesn't get any easier. So hope that went down the right road. But I mean, it's just these like, it's, that's pretty challenging. That's pretty, yeah. you put in a position, I'm going to, I'm going to quit and I'm about ready to retire, but that doesn't matter either. My retirement is nothing compared to the lives of these kids or to what God wants me to do. What God wants me to do. Wow. So powerful. Sorry. I hope that didn't go too far off. No, of course not. Um, uh, Cindy says what? Uh, that she wants <laughs> us to book the names of the books in our group chat. And I will do that for uh, sure. Okay, cool. Here he says. Our testimony is how we can share. Absolutely. Um, and Lisa has a comment about how she shares too. And the Holy Spirit nudges me to talk to someone about Jesus. It's my testimony of pain and rescue and redemption and hope. That is usually what happens. Yeah. 
I mean, that's what, right. Mm. We, but that's the glorious part. So my, my thoughts, my remuneration, remuneration, I know I'm stuck on the word. Mm. Uh, my musings was, could you imagine saying to somebody, but you've got to take it seriously because once you strap on the seatbelt and you get the Holy Spirit inside of you, your whole life can be turned upside down and there could actually be great pain and suffering as God perfects you and glorifies you and draws you closer to the likeness of Christ. Can you imagine if we warned people <laughs> about the refining of the fire? of being the clay on the potter's wheel. I don't know why that just kept occurring to me as we were reading that. And Carrie says, yes, Lisa, our tough pot parts can really speak. And Carrie says. Andy, Tim is a great warrior, and now the left is trying to destroy him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, some wacky lady on a Andy's uh, Facebook page. She's just, wow, like just going off on how horrible a person he is and how horrible the movie is. It was just so bizarre. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of conspiracy of who? It's the conspiracy of the Catholics? Yeah, and, and the, the Mormons. Mormons. And the Mormons. and Like as if the Mormons are the devil. Like, okay, fine. We don't believe the same thing. We don't believe the same thing as Hindus and Muslims. Why do we have to speak about them like they're the... Oh, yeah. You know? Such hatred. Such hatred. And then it turned her against the whole movie, which, again, you're you're losing the benefit of having a story out there that shows what's happening and what man one man could do. Imagine what 10 men could do. Imagine what, you know, and and I, men and women, of and course. And I mean, I may be wrong about this, but that's I posted the my news the radio piece I did for American Family News 2 today, uh, Mama Bears Unite. If you see him, I posted on Facebook and he did a really nice job. I like the way he took my commentary, but I made this point to them too. It's like, we can work together. Muslims and, and Christians can work together. It doesn't have to be a kumbaya moment where we're all like, oh, we worship the same God. We just see him from different perspectives. No, we worship different gods. Same with the Mormons. I don't know your God. It sounds like a Jesus, but it's not a Jesus. It's like Muslims. You have a Jesus, but it's not the Jesus. Um, but we need to work against child trafficking. Like we're not trying to, to share doctrine. This is not a time to share doctrine. This is time to rally around a cause that is important to us as Americans, as freedom loving people, as compassionate people, as holy people. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a, um, a need for us as parents to also prepare our kids for, the challenges that they're going to be hit with as they go into adulthood. And I, 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 that's, I spent a lot of my time uh, letting them know that if you think that it's hard when a friend says that you're ugly or when a friend says that, you know, there's something about you that they don't like and it destroys you is that we, we have a lot of work to do because the world is going to destroy you if you can't handle, um, uh, you know, just somebody at your school that it looks at you funny or says something about you. Um, and so it, it, I know every time that I talk to my kids about this is that I, I tell them, I said, first of all, the only, the only thing you have to remember is that God loves you and then we love you, you and right. me. And, and those are the most important people. And your family loves you, your immediate siblings, even though they, they are hard on each other. <laughs> I said, but in the end, they do love each other. 
I mean, my my kids have, you know, will say something randomly like, Hey, have you checked on Bo yet? Have you, you know, it comes to them on their own or how, you know, when the accident happened with you and Zara, you know, Ray goes, is Zara okay? Are you, is Hedy okay? So they, they can be kind of a pain in the butt, but when it comes down to it, their first thoughts are, are, are well-being. And so I, I'm often reminding them, these are the people that you have around you that just love you more than anything else. You have to be able to go out into this world and understand that it's not going to be easy. And I think this devotional clearly is saying, if you not only that, that's just a person on this planet, regardless of faith. But then you add Christian on top of it. it it's it's going to now you're asking for the devil to to attack yeah, I the demons to attack some words that i really liked in this mm-hmm. among the huge atlantic waves of bereavement poverty temptation and reproach we learn the power of jehovah so it's in all of these waves of you know sin temptation and difficulty that comes mm-hmm. in our lives um, at the end, we experience God's power, or through it, we experience God's power. Um, I love that. I thought that was very cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's hear one here. What Tim has to say, or not Tim? Jim. Jim? <laughs> of the the other guy. Why are we so quick to complain when disaster strikes? Isaiah said, "The Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction." Well, while Jeremiah said, it is not from the mouth of the most high that both calamities and good things come. For men are not cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. And that's from Lamentations 3, 31 through 33. May we realize that the, the good that results to suffering. See? Maybe realize the good that results you suffering. See, that's a unique concept <laughs> that you cannot say to a non-believer and be like, "I promise you, you're going to suffer, and it's going to be amazing." <laughs> no, really, you, it's going to be amazing. Yes, I can't really describe it to you right now, but you're going to love it. Yep. Uh, and may we come to know, like the believers who've gone before us, that out of the most severe trial. Their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. May we be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Romans 12, 12. Mm. There's more. Oh, <laughs> father of compassion, help me walk in the truth that may light, that my light and momentary troubles are achieving for me an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. Here we go. Uh, let's see where are we at. Uh, MSM. Yeah, mainstream media saying he is pushing chipping children, which is a total lie. <laughs> I mean, the things they come up with is crazy. Yeah. And City so saying it's hard stuff. So sad. The trafficking. The kids are so damaged. Only God can heal. Uh, Cindy has a young lady that's staying with her that's been trafficked. And um, she's saying it's hard to bring her back from that trafficking experience. Mm. It's dark. I can imagine. Mm. Have to definitely keep her in prayer too. Cindy, will you tell us her name again, please? I'm sorry. That's tough, Andy, because they face a different world. Mm. Teaching our children. Yeah. Unity for the cause. Amen. Mm. 
it is a hard world and life happens. We need each other and God's love. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Carrie says. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> yes. Even, uh, even, you know, the, 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 the times that I've had to go in where somebody was shooting uh, into a building and they, we can hear them shooting and we have to get down there quickly. Um, there was a hospital that this guy had killed a couple, a doctor and a couple of nurses and, and that. And, and so we went running in there to go find them, uh, Anaheim West something. Um, and it's funny that, um, that going in with the active shooter, we, there was, there was really not any thought of like, I'm going to die. It's just, I have to find that shooter before he kills somebody ah, else. Adrenaline maybe. And so me and my partners are going in there and eventually we can get to a room. We hear one last gunshot and then we try to make contact with him. We come around the corner and we see he shot himself and he was in the middle of the, uh, on, on the ground. But where my, so, uh, so I was, I was in detectives, although I was one of the first officers there, I was in detectives. So I was in plain clothes. One of the first things I had to do was one of the doctors who had been shot that he was going in for surgery is going to this, into the operating room. You know, I had to get all uh, dressed and get the mask on and the everything and have washed down because I was going to be in the operating room while they're trying to get the bullet out. And the reason I had to be in there is because I was a chain of custody for that bullet. So I had to be there when they removed the bullet and then I had to recover the bullet and then I had to book it in. So, but being in that room was harder than making entry while the shooting was going on because everybody was emotional because they, the doctors that were operating on him were his friends. And they, and he was dying. He ended up dying on the table. Um, but that whole period of time in the operating room and then opening him up and getting the bullet and trying to save his life and the emotion of the nurses and the doctors all in there, that, that was so hard, so difficult. And so I, I go back to if I just would have had a relationship with God during those periods of time, during those things, and maybe even during my time when I was a detective in sex crimes, that I would have had the the power that Tim Ballard had uh, that, to make that choice. Beautiful. That it was without without God in my life, without the presence. Very difficult. Um, it was very difficult to get both through both those those situations, and that's why I was left to myself, which was not good. Well, do now, um, you remember what I was talking about on Sunday at our home church about the importance of going back for your benefit? Um, do you have the ability now to go back and be like, Lord, I saw what happened. Um, I processed it. I can heal from it now. And I understand what the lesson was that I was supposed to learn at the time. Yes. Cool. Yes, it, it is everything to do with, um, I can't find the exact, those words that you just read that were so good from Jim. Joyful in hope, patient in affliction? Uh, yes. but May we be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer? <laughs> All that. <laughs> is that the going through the suffering is, is, is joyful. That, that has become, I'm not sure if I've, I've, I think I've mentioned this before, where I want to get a tattoo that says, have joy in all things that cause you discomfort, pain, all that kind of stuff. Not at all joy. Yes, that one. Um, 
that's the thing that changed my life is that is that uh, verse because i still i still suffered from it as a non-believer and even as a christian in name only and it only and it wasn't until um god appeared to me and um the, the holy spirit began to do its work inside me that i was able to truly understand what that meant and allowed to me to push out all the evils and stuff that had been living with me awesome. for that period That's of time. Amazing. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, it was a, a very significant thing that I understood. That was the difference. That's uh, the difference me, maker. For me, it was uh, looking back, The what was so important for me was um, to forgive. I had so much pain inflicted on me by people around me that... Um, I just had resolved because of the importance of forgiveness and, and faith in Christ that I was just like, I really got to a place where I thought in my heart, they did the best they can. <laughs> like they yeah. just did the best they can with what they had, you know? Um, and it's so freeing. It really is. And I think today when you had that divine appointment, that the way that you're able to share the painful things in your past so quickly now, that, that ability to, to be able to show somebody that, you know what, hey, it, I, I, it was tough what yeah. you went through. <laughs> I can't. Um, but now, now that you've been able to, to do that, forgive, I think is the biggest thing, is that now you're, be able, you're able to use it in a very positive way. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. All right. Uh, Carrie says it is so hard to explain to people where joy comes to us from God while things are at their worst, <laughs> at the worst. <laughs> so true. That really was the, the most interesting thing during COVID. I can't tell you, I have about half the friends I used to have because as soon as I started going to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills during the pandemic, I, you, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that said, what are you doing? You're, you're a super spreader. You're going yeah. into a super spreader environment. Yeah. And these were people that were Christians at, at the church I was going to. This was Jews that I knew that were just so angry at me. Yeah. I, I was the enemy because I was going to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Yeah. And I go, listen, I, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'd had COVID too. And they said, you had COVID and you're still going. Yeah, I go, if well, God's, no, if so God's, gonna, yeah, <laughs> yeah, now I have immunity. Oh, no, you don't. And they tried to get me for saying that, but they just could not believe the comfort I had with whatever happened. Like you're going to die. Okay. Right. It was a, like, I, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what, why that has to stop me from doing anything. Why it has to stop me from going to church and praising God. The people that are afraid don't go to church. Mm-hmm. The people that think they're going to catch something and die can stay home and watch it on TV. They yes. had that option. It was really crazy, Big but country. easily 50% of my friends just uh, despised me. I had family that, that sent me messages and said that uh, I was evil. It was a pretty crazy time. If we look back at that period, Yes, people were nuts. Cindy says. Um, she can't mention her name, so we're going to call her M, her daughter that we're going to pray for. Very good. And uh, Carrie says that she's going to add her to her prayer list. 
Lisa says that forgiveness was her issue too. And another big challenge was being able to trust God enough when I went through therapy that I would remain sane. So glad I have. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's this point, especially in therapy, when you're unpacking all of this, where you're like, oh, if I unpack too much, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown and I got to keep it together. Um, I totally get that feeling, Lisa. What's the, um, the key? I mean, other than God, what's, what's the key to forgiveness that people need to remember do you think why do it you mean like why forgive or yeah, why forgive or how do you forgive i mean there's i mean i've i've had to deal with stuff and not wanting to forgive but because the thing that stops most people is pride like no i'm not forgiving them i'm gonna hate them for the rest of my life they're they're you know they deserve to be hated uh, to me actually the most important part about forgiving is um, to be honest, to be honest about what you can and cannot forgive and calling to mind. Like I did it in conversation with the Lord mm. because, you know, both men that were in my recent past, um, before I came to Christ really hurt me. Um, and there was some just nasty stuff. And so I had to go through each one with the Lord and be like, you know, this thing, this hurt me because of that. But I get now that, um, that's just what they do. That's who they are. You know, like that's their pattern. I wasn't the first, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it was just like, Lord, I forgive them. You know, I, I, I forgive him because he did the best he can. Um, and so I think importance is honesty, honesty with yourself and honesty with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, because otherwise then it's a fake forgiveness. If you say, I forgive him, you forgive him for what? You know what I mean? Like if you can't name what you're actually forgiving, um, then it's questionable to me whether you actually did the work of forgiving. Um, and then I think that there is this, there is a release. There is a peace that comes in one's heart when you do truly forgive. Like for example, um, there is one person that I just don't want to mention that I have not forgiven, that I'm still working at forgiving, that mm -hmm. I still talk to God about forgiving, but I know the difference because when I think of that person, I still get a rise. There's still a rise out of me. Mm -hmm. So I know it's not finished. And in forgiveness, do you have to tell them that you forgive them? Does there have to be a dialogue between the person that you're forgiving? Well, I know scripturally you're supposed to go to your brother or sister and apologize. But I know in, in the scenarios I was in, it wasn't appropriate to approach that person directly. It just wasn't, you know, so I think it's case by case whether it's appropriate to, because um, I can't remember this one pastor who put it so beautifully, which was like, you're, you're, you, you want forgiveness. You want um, to put the relationship behind you. You're not doing, you're not forgiving them in order to maintain a, necessarily to maintain a relationship. Some people associate getting forgiveness with having a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's important too. You don't, have to have a relationship with the person to forgive the person. That doesn't mean you were like, Hey, let's be buddies again. Right. So you say, I mean, if you were to have that conversation with them, say, I forgive you. Uh, but you know, we need to or just you don't not have to ever see each other again. <laughs> you, you don't have to do the, but oh, okay. It's not saying I <clears throat> forgive you that that conversation will never go well. <laughs> I promise you. 
with no one <laughs> yes. on the planet. Yeah. You say, you know what? I forgive you. Yeah, they go, what? Forgive, forgive me. me. For what? <laughs> That's what I was getting to. Yeah. No, I mean, to me, the forgiveness is that when you're forgiving somebody, it's like, do you forgive them in your heart? Not telling them I forgive you. That's worthless. It's mm. actually acrimonious. How important was it to forgive those people that you spoke of, the, the two people? And for you to be able to go on to uh, uh, the next relationship? Like, could you have gone on the next relationship without forgiving them? Or was it essential to forgive them and, and make sure that that slate was clean to then start a new relationship with somebody else? Well, cause I journaled a lot, right. When I came to Christ. And so, uh, Oh Lord created me a clean heart, search my heart, O Lord, and find in me, whatever is not of you. And so I know that three year long process was making in me a clean heart. And so I had to go through, I had to renounce the, um, the sinful behavior. I had to ask for repentance for some of the behavior that got me in the hole I was in. Mm. Um, I had to work and do the work, hard work of forgiveness um, because that was going to purify my heart to create an open space, a clean slate for the next, for you. You know, because otherwise, and I see this all the time because I, I watch women who are in new relationships are going cycling through a new relationship, looking for a relationship, carrying so much baggage. Mm -hmm. I hear it in the way they tell a story. And I'm like thinking, you, know, you have got to let that go. Like if you carry that around with you, you're going to be, uh, most men are going to be repelled by it mm -hmm. because you, you behave wounded. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Um, and you're defensive and you assume every man's going to do the same thing. So I think it's super, super important to do the healing before. What about forgiving yourself? Not so good at that, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> Much better at forgiving other people. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I think I tell myself I, I've forgiven myself. But I don't think I have. <laughs> that's, that's a much harder, much harder hill to climb. I think I just only recently started to forgive myself over my child rearing. Hmm. Um, only because I feel like I could say at this point, okay, I've made up for it in the balances. I've just, I've just, I've done it. Um, but there's a lot, I, I beat myself up every single day over one thing or another. Hmm. You Bad have, habit. Horrible I, habit. I, I really wish you would forgive yourself for that. You, you look at the, the, what was going on at the time in the different faith you were in um, was clearly part of it. Yes. And the relationship you're in, all that is done. Yes. You are free. Amen. So you have to forgive that person that doesn't exist anymore Yes. and cut it off. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, I guess what bothers me is the pieces of it that reappear. Mm. I think the hardest part in forgiveness, and I don't know if it's the same for you all is when the person um, that you've had this problem with is constantly, you have it too, yep. constantly <laughs> in your life when you're constantly still dealing with this person and you're like, oh, how much of this is old? How much of this is new? How much of this is me? How much of this is them? So you're constantly forced to relive the trauma. 
And so you're just kind of like, oh, I got to stop it. I gotta stop. This is not me. This is them. This is not us. This is an external force, you know? Because sometimes it's an external force too. Sometimes it's not them and it's not you. It's Satan. Mm-hmm. It's the enemy trying to cause division. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get to some of these folks here. You got Carrie who says, Forgiving me, uh, forgiving took me decades, but finally achieved and correct, Teddy. It is not a blanket deal. You need to know what you're forgiving. Mm. Cindy says, You have to start. I can't, I can't read. Oh, sorry about that. You have to start <laughs> in obedience to forgive. I have a longer story about it and let God forgive through you till you truly get to the point of forgiveness. Very nice. Mm. Lisa says, all my breakdowns led to my breakthroughs, especially <laughs> after I gave my life to Christ. Yes, that's so true. I had a few breakdowns myself. Yep. Um, Lisa? Me too, Carrie. I have forgiven as the Bible led me to deeply understand that God forgives me. I do not have to be in a relationship with X person to forgive him and her, him or her. Yes, absolutely. Amen, Andy. I said something. See, Carrie says, I do that unmerciful junk with myself too, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) So unnecessary. Did we already go through all the scripture? I believe so. I don't remember. How do we end up back here? Because normally I would have been on this. I don't don't know. Did we do the scripture? I don't think we did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, somebody let us know. Really? Wow. I don't know why I would have went back to that first tab then. That's usually a, my my evidence that we did not. Um, yeah, the... I understand the, the difficulties with self-forgiveness. Be, I, I do... No, we didn't do the scripture. Yeah, we did, Jim. But I do have to sometimes look at the guy who did, you know, made those huge mistakes as it is a different man. I really have to look at as if it's another person I'm forgiving. So I'm able to forgive my, my dad. I was able to forgive, you know, my mom. Um, and I have to forgive the old man, the old Andy. So important to forgive the old man. Yeah. And live in the now. And I've asked my kids to do that too. I, I've, I've actually gone to my kids and said, um, you know, that man is dead. And I know that there's people in our lives who don't want that man to be dead, <laughs> but he is. And I'm going to prove it to you as often as I can every day. Um, and I just, I'm asking for you to give me grace um, for any time that I may, which I hope I don't may fall back into that old man from time to time, but just know that I'm, I'm committed to, uh, you know, my life with Jesus Christ. And they've all given me hugs. I had, I think I told you, Rhett started crying. Yeah. And gave me the hardest hug that he'd ever given me. So I think it's important. I've had that discussion with him. And I, you know, and I'm sure that you've had that same discussion. I but, have not. But it's just that, they, listen, I need to tell you this. I, I haven't had a discussion asking whether she forgives me. Oh. Did you ask them if they forgive you? Or you I asked them to forgive me. But you don't know if they did. I don't know. You didn't I'll leave that up to them. Have you forgiven me? No. I don't want to put that pressure on them. This is up to you, but I'm asking you. 
but they oh, hugged I've me and they, I said, I love you. And they've, they've given me every indication that they've forgiven. Huh. I just, I, I don't know that any of them said "Dad, I forgive you that I have not. I don't know that I've ever heard that. I just left it to, uh, left it into their hands and God's hands. All right. Scripture. Deuteronomy. I don't want to put a D in there. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. There we go. 524. And you said, this is the elders talking to Moses. The Lord, our God has shown us his glory and his majesty. And we have heard his voice from the fire. Today, we have seen that a person can live even if God speaks with them. Live even if God speaks with them. So seeing the glory of God won't kill them. Psalm 107, 23 through 24. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. Exodus 22 to 24. When my glory passes by, this is the Lord speaking to Moses. I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. So awesome. Isaiah 48, 10. See, I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. That's a good piece of scripture. <laughs> right. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. That is awesome. Sorry, Carrie, I left your comment up there. All right. Anything else? That was a heavy, heavy devotional, it turned out. It was. I am... Uh... Still thinking about a lot of it. Yeah. Lisa snuck in a comment there before the end. I have been blessed with children for giving me out loud with hugs and words that uh, they love me no matter what. Wow. wow. That is awesome. God bless. That is awesome. I could use a little bit of that, Carrie. Yeah. I mean, Lisa. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa. Yeah, now you're making me want to ask them. I don't know if I want to. I, I Maybe I'm afraid ask. to ask them. Maybe that's why I didn't. I kind of want to ask. Not your kids about you. I mean, ask Sarah about me, whether she forgives me. Sometimes I wonder. Hmm. Yeah, and I uh, also don't want to lead them into, I want them to be, you know, honest. Like really feel deep down inside to give me the answer. I don't think they'd lie. No. Maybe on the road trip, I'll ask the, the boys. Yeah. I'm all for ripping off the Band-Aid. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think. Should I do that? Oh, <laughs> Carrie says, oh. Andy, I think you're correct. Don't ask. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I've told them, you know, and I've, I've asked for their forgiveness. And then I said, you know, I'm going to The littles, I wouldn't to put you. that on them. But Kelly, I think you can ask. Mm -hmm. Lisa says yes. See? Mm. It's a tough one. And with that. Yeah. I think I think I've had enough. <laughs> enough reflection. Enough reflection. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friends. We make sure uh and we pray for M. Yes. Cindy's daughter. Heal her heart. Or, Give it's her not a daughter, right? Is it is it a foster? Foster child. Foster child. A daughter. Daughter. Um yeah, heal from that that trauma. I, I've uh, I know that I've the children that I've dealt with. It's um, it's a lifelong thing. 
Yeah, I can imagine. That you have to deal with. So, all right. We love you guys. Thank you for allowing us to, to vomit on you all of this truth with us. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Yes. So we do I. You. God bless. God bless you. Take care. Bye.